Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Music Buds podcast. This is episode number eight, and my name is Henry. No Chloe this time around, but uh, we have something very special for you. We are joined by two members of the rock band Potty Mouth. Firstly, <laughs> firstly, the lead singer and guitarist Abby Weems. <laughs> What's up? Hello. And, th- and then on the bass guitar, Ali Einbinder. Yeah, that's a little Miss Clackamas to you. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all, thank you so much for doing this. It's so great to meet you. It's, yeah, it means a lot for you to be here. Yeah, yeah thanks totally. for us. Of yeah. course. Well, I guess just pleasantries, just how are y'all doing? How's life in California these days? Hmm. Life in California... It's hot. Yeah, it's really yeah. fucking hot. Um, wait, is it okay for me to swear? Oh, this? totally. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Checking. Yeah, yeah, we're, you're good. We're in the middle of a heat wave, but I just moved into this amazing house uh, at the beginning, of the beginning of the month, and I now am neighbors with both of my bandmates, Abby and Victoria, Yeah, um, which is amazing. And the other amazing part is the house has a basement, which we haven't had mm. since we lived in Massachusetts. Um, so we can actually practice in the basement. Yeah. Wow. Nice. So we've been working on like getting rugs for it and trying to soundproof it, but we moved all of our gear down there and we're like pretty much set up to go. It's going to be super exciting because we yeah. haven't actually played music as a band together since March. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Does, does that feel, I mean, I, I maybe answered my own question. Does that feel weird not doing that? Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I think it was a lot harder at first. Like when the pandemic started, we just, uh, we had so many tours canceled and it just all of a sudden, like our whole life's purpose was just gone. So I know for me personally, I felt so like I had like an existential crisis (laughs) (laughs) getting of all this. But now at this point, it's almost nice to like have had space from music and be able to like come back to it and really like, enjoy it again instead of it just feeling so much like a job a lot of the time Mm -hmm. um yeah so yeah i'm definitely like stoked to have a practice space now and we're gonna put a sick couch down there oh yeah that's awesome (laughs) yeah um well well i I guess first of all just as i know you've had to do it a, a lot before but just maybe a little more of an introduction to potty mouth maybe how y'all got started just to lay the groundwork yeah okay, yeah um potty mouth started in 2011 uh in western massachusetts i had just graduated from this is Allie. i had just graduated from smith college um in northampton and victoria was also a student there so i knew her uh and then our original guitarist phoebe was a student there and Essentially, Phoebe just said to me one day, hey, I think it's like really cool that you just started playing bass and joined a band. I was playing in my first band at the time, and she was like, I really want to play guitar in a band. I know this girl, Abby Weems, 
who really wants to play guitar in a band too. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. like, we already knew Victoria from going to school with her and knew she was a sick drummer. And we just got together one day and decided to see what would happen. Actually the first, yeah. our first practice was the day I first officially met Abby. Um, <laughs> yeah. Before, yeah. Before that I had only ever seen her around at like shows because she was dating a kid who, uh, was in a band that my first band would play a lot of shows with. Yeah. So one time we actually played a show at the library that Abby's mom works at. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I think that was the first time I ever saw Abby, and I thought she was so cool looking, and I thought it was so cool that she was uh, still in high school and had already reached that <laughs> yeah. level of coolness. I was, I was a punk. She was yeah, a punk. man, go for it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I remember seeing Allie's band like a few times and then but yeah we never actually met until our first band practice and which is just so funny to think about now because I was like 17 like what, <laughs> <laughs> what were like college students like doing like hanging out with a, like a high school student but mm. we, <laughs> we were all just learning or Victoria wasn't Victoria was already like good at drums but we were all sort of just like learning our instruments as we went along. And so it like didn't really matter what our ages were because we were all just like coming at it from the same place. of so like, Oh, we're just doing this for fun. Like we're, we we just want to learn how to be in a band in a place where we don't feel self-conscious or like we have to like prove something to other people who are right. already experienced musicians. So Yeah. Yeah, sorry, you, I didn't mean to make that sound like it could get creepy for a second. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. This is a safe place. Um, well, how does, even not with just the pandemic, but like what is the current scene, for lack of a better word, like the, the punk and pop rock scene? Like what has it been like since you started and has it changed all that much since? Oh, well, I mean, scenes are so geographically specific. So, yeah. I mean, the scene that we came into as a band in Western Mass is a very small, kind of tight-knit DIY punk scene where people, you know, our first show was a basement show. Um, it's yeah. uh, Most people knew each other from college. Yeah, and like when a new local band starts like everyone knows who they are and everyone's pretty excited to see them play for the first time and yeah. um so we had a lot it was like a good place to like start as a band um in terms of those aspects because it was it was like relatively easy for us to make a name for ourselves within that community um and then also we are in such close proximity to boston new york uh, even Philly, places in Connecticut, that it was like super easy for us to do these um, one-off shows out of town, um, which was, I think, pretty crucial for our, our like growth as a as a band. Um, that's something that, for instance, in LA isn't really possible because LA, I mean, you have like San Diego and like other smaller towns like in Southern California, Long Beach, not to say that that's super small, but like, it's not the same as like being able to easily cross state lines and, you know, play a show in a completely different city for a completely different audience. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and also, I mean, LA in general, when we moved out here, it was sort of like, it was a, it was a big difference from Western Mass because we went from a place where there was a very distinct, small, defined community within like punk DIY or whatever. But then LA, it's like you are... Very career oriented. It's very <laughs> career oriented. It's less about the community and there's such an overwhelming number of bands and people who do music and who do it well that it's really hard to sift through it all and like find your people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been here for over four years now and I feel like we're just starting to do that, but there are also like a lot of East coast transplants here like us. Like I just, one of my new roommates in this house that I live in now is Colleen green and Mm -hmm she's from originally from Massachusetts and has been living in LA for a while. So it's always comforting to find, you know, friends like that. Cause it's like just came from the same yeah. roots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Understand yeah. Um, the difference. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess kind of bouncing off that, it, does it, has it always like, is it just, is the community base of it continuing to grow or have have there been times where you felt isolated and you felt like you can't really grow or, or reach out to people when you've made the move in LA. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's both at the same time. Like I Hmm. feel like we have certain people who have our backs and like always like our friend Danny, who, you know, he's always down to just like meet up with me to work on a song idea that I have. And like, there are so many people who want to make music videos and, um, or do your album art or like a show flyer. So in like a way, it's a very like reciprocal uh, community. But then at the same time, I feel like it also is very like, I don't want to say clicky, but people just have their groups of like, depending on what neighborhood they live in. And if, you know, you grew up in LA or like, yeah, whatever. So Mm -hmm. you could probably say that about any city. Sure. But yeah, it's definitely like, uh, just like, uh, dynamic out in LA. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a town where like everybody knows everybody. But that's kind of like both good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm in Hillsboro right now, which is what in. Is it's about two hours from Charlotte. Okay. Oh. Damn. So you got the RNC happening. This yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's been um, it's been quite a time the last couple of months, but that's really the case with everybody, you know. Well, to, well, talking about your, your work more specifically, so Hellbent was the first, the debut album, and then you had Snafu, which was the second. Is there something having been like in the heat of the moment, for lack of a better term, of making that debut album that you, you had in your mind going into the second? Like not something you would improve on necessarily, but like something that you maybe had learned from one to the next? Um, honestly... The first album was just like the first 10 songs that we wrote as a band. Mm. <laughs> just like, we got to put something out. And so they we, weren't necessarily the first 10 because we had Sun Damage before that okay, and our demo yeah. tape. But yeah, but, the only other 10 songs we had. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. We, were just, okay, we have 10 songs. That's an album. Okay, we'll just put them out. Mm-hmm. And the, then, you know, like 
we put out another EP after that. But we had like a huge stockpile of songs just like building up. And so going into Snafu, we were able to like pick the best songs that we thought would like go together as, you know, a whole like collective album and Mm -hmm. the best songs that like, you know, we wanted to give like variety, but also have it be kind of like the same energy. And yeah, so Snafu was definitely like, we were super anal about (laughs) (laughs) orchestrating them. Um, So I feel like in a way, the two albums are like opposite processes. (laughs) Also, there was a six year gap between those two albums. So like just naturally the band grew as individual musicians so much during that time. I mean, as Abby said earlier, when we started the band, like she and I were both very new to our instruments still. And then, yeah, like true. 2013, we, we also recorded Hellbent without even knowing who was going to put it out. We didn't have a label or anything. We didn't know how far, if at all, it would go. And so there's just this, you know, we are still a punk band. <laughs> not to mm. say not punk, but like we were very much a DIY punky band back then where we were, you know, just recording that at like, um, we were a like ragtag group. Yeah, sure. we were working our friends, like <laughs> DIY home recording studio, and we weren't really thinking that critically about the production. We weren't thinking like like that was recorded live, so we're all playing our instruments at the same time in those songs. Whereas Snafu, all the instruments are individually tracked. Yeah, um, so I mean that's just a big difference right there. Um, and yes, yeah, Snafu in general was so much more meticulous and that is related to other things like the management we were working with at the time and the producer. Um, yeah. So it ended up being like, you know, this super slick thing and yeah, very polished. Yeah. And like, if anything, like future music will not be that polished. Yeah. Yeah. We want to record. <laughs> we want to we want to go back to our roots we want to yeah. we want things to sound dirtier a little bit more fucked up yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is what you can expect for the future yeah well well now talking about uh, snafu so there and i think that's what i i heard of y'all's first and 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 like in the best way it feels very vulnerable like there's a lot of emotion right there on the surface and that really comes through and like hits you immediately as well as it being catchy, like you had that kind of just instant kick right into those songs. Yeah. And, yeah. And, um, or <laughs> is it, uh, is it, is releasing an album like that, maybe even more so than hell bent. Is it like, is it scary releasing something like that, that has all of those emotions built up in it? Or is, is it like therapy maybe, or. Hmm. I think, I mean, writing songs is definitely therapeutic for me but at the same time I've that was like a time in our band's trajectory where we like were being pursued by like where we had you know just been on Atlantic Records and we were being pursued by these people and working with this management and it just uh, I definitely felt pressure to make songs that were like perfectly epic you know what Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) 
uh, for lack of a better word. H- hence, smash it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gotcha, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I went through the fucking boot camp of songwriting. Like, I when Atlantic was thinking about signing us, they, like, flew me out to Sweden for a month to work with songwriters and, like... Jeez. Yeah. And I was, dude, I wrote 22 while I was there because I, I literally turned 22 in Sweden. Gotcha. In this, like, tiny studio apartment all by myself. And I was, like, so fucking sad and alone. Right. Um, I wrote 22. <laughs> Which is, like, a really fun song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I felt like I went through the ringer. And then the snafu is, like, the product of that like mm-hmm. going through songwriting boot camp so it was like it's definitely emotional because it was an intense time in my life but also at the same time it was like I felt pressure to make it like even more than that and know? there was pressure I mean there was very real pressure it mm-hmm. was the experience of being signed to a major label like you can imagine we had an a person breathing down our neck mm who had the final authority on whether or not a song was good enough. Like, of course, that's like... I feel traumatized, I would. To clarify the final formation, so we ended that relationship before Snafu. So Snafu Mm -hmm. is still, like, our choice of songs. Like, it's still what the songs we wanted. And we love Um, all the songs. And, like, it's an amazing representation of our band, yeah, um, I'd say so. But yeah, yeah, it just like getting to that point, we went through some shit. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, and and one thing that that struck me about it and it that was so immediately catchy is it's one of the most and again, in the best way, it's one of the most easy repeat listens. It's like oh, That's a good compliment. Yeah. You know, like I'll go out walking and I'll play it through and then it ends. I'm like, oh, wait, I got to listen to that over again and just kind of k- extend the walk. Yeah, get us those streams. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, now talking about, I guess, what you're touching on, Abby, with um, the songwriting location, does it usually come from like an unexpected place like that where, you know, you, were, you wrote 22 in a very strange place? Is, or mm-hmm. is there like a place where inspiration comes frequently? I, okay, one thing is that I, it's like, it's so annoying. I get so much inspiration while I'm driving. Yeah, (laughs) same. (laughs) Yeah, it's so annoying because then I can't like record anything or like, and then by the time I get home, I just forget all of it. Like I have terrible memory. Mm -hmm. Um, But but yeah, so like sometimes I'll just be like driving and turn on the voice memo and be like, (laughs) 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 but um then there are other times where i just like you know i'll i'll be like in the mood to just play music and like write something and then i'll like actually sit down and commit to it and then other times i'll just sit up in the middle of the night and be like uh there's a song like flowing out of me right now yeah 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 those are my three modes gotcha (laughs) Well, how about like, well, in talking about the other bands that you've gotten to know, or maybe even toured with, is there anyone in particular who 
you're so excited to be also growing, like see them grow and be, and knowing them in that process. I mean, there are so many bands. It's like, um, yeah, I mean, so like our song long haul from the 2015 EP is like essentially about like these long distance friendships that we've made from being in a band and how you just feel close with these people, like, because your lives are so similar, even though you only see them like maybe once or twice a year. And like, when I think about bands, I'm proud of, I don't know, like over, you're talking about like, honestly, like almost a decade, decades worth of time (laughs) of a band. Sure. Yeah. So many of our peers grow and catapult to success. Like, um, Jesus. Uh, I don't know. First person for me that comes to mind who I've like, who I am feel so proud of, I guess is, is Mitski. Um, Mm. I haven't like actually talked to her in a couple or a few years, but like, I remember going to one of her shows really early on in Western mass. It was a house show. And um, it was like right before her, Bury Me at Makeout Creek record came out. I think mm-hmm. that was 2014. Yeah. And when I got to the house show, I was seriously the, I was the only person at the house who didn't live there. It was mm. so, intimate. it was like, no one knew who she was yet. And, um, but there she was like, just playing an acoustic guitar and piano in this living room. And it was so beautiful. And I like introduced myself to her. Um, and we became friends after that. And then, I think a couple nights later she played another show at Hampshire college and then she spent the night at my house and we like just stayed up all night talking about like, you know, being an aspiring musician or whatever. And yeah, ever since then it's been a joy to watch her like just catapult into, into success because like when I first heard her music, I was like, I felt like it changed something in me and it makes sense that so many other people feel so affected Mm -hmm. by it. Yeah. Well, talking about, I I guess the early, early days when you would go to concerts or you'd be listening to music, would you think like, that's where I need to be, where I want to be seeing those people up on stage or is that, was that just something that was within you or did it happen differently? Something that people did in western mass Hmm. um like yeah i i just at least to my friends all played music and went to shows like regularly and you know like basement shows or small bar shows um yeah i just feel like it was like a natural part of the the like social aspect of growing up for me, I grew up as a teenager in Albany, New York. That's where I lived before I moved to Massachusetts for college. And I grew up going to punk shows in a very male-dominated scene where not a lot of women were in bands. And I like had a boyfriend who was in a popular punk band and he like skipped his high school graduation because he was on tour and I thought that was Mm. so cool and it was so like (laughs) unfathomable to me to like think about how you could just like start this like stupid punk band get to tour the country put out records and like people you know and you could just live like that like I couldn't believe it and it's something I had 
really wanted for myself actually. And then I went to college and I was like very much occupied with being a student. And then it wasn't till towards the very end of college, like my senior year that I actually bought my first base from my first boyfriend, that punk boyfriend who <laughs> skipped his high school graduation to mm-hmm. tour. I bought my first base from his little brother. And <laughs> then I, <laughs> I started teaching myself Ramon songs. And, and then when I graduated college, I had more time. And that's when I joined my first band and then potty math formed shortly after that. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah I can't even imagine like imagining myself back in high school touring at that age, I would have, I would have lost it, you know? Yeah. Well, now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, touch, touching on, you mentioned the Ramones. I know that in other in- interviews, you've talked about like the Go-Go's a lot, of course, but are there any, in terms of influences, are there any other bands maybe that you feel like you hold really close that maybe aren't touched on in terms of having brought, helped bring the potty mouth sound out? Hmm. Veruca Salt is definitely one, mm. but we talk about them a lot too. But yeah, I just remember being in high school and Allie showing me Veruca Salt or like had a song on a playlist or something. And then listening to like the first two albums, especially Eight Arms to Hold You, my mind was like blown. I was like, whoa, like this is the kind of music like that I was a had like a concept of in my head, but I didn't know already existed. And it was like, yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Allie? Um, that have music that shape potty mouth sound. Yeah. Or, or, and, and I mean, another question would just be like, what are some, some groups that you've been listening to even in like quarantine, you know, isolation, but you know, which, whichever you would prefer. I'm like super, I, I've been in, super into like um, psychedelic, more like 60s and early, late 60s, early 70s, psychedelic rock and like uh, some psychedelic folk rock. <laughs> I, I love old music. Um, I, you know, as like a person, as a present day music person, like I think it's important to support <laughs> new art and new music, like current music, but I yeah. just love music so much because I love thinking about like the first time like a certain like sound has been done and like how things were just so I don't know like you didn't have the internet and you the recording process things were just more simpler simpler times yeah really so Um, yeah so I I've been listening to that kind of stuff and I'm that's why I'm so excited to start jamming with Abby and Victoria once we get the practice space all set up, because yeah. I feel like excited to see with see see what kinds of ideas we come up with after six months in this pandemic and oh my gosh changing our yeah. brains yeah well now uh, I mean aside from the not having um, practiced really what has it been like with COVID having hit like what's I mean I, I can't imagine it's the best thing having happened to to you and the music industry but like has what's what's it been like having to kind of scramble with the you know the tour being canceled and all of that what's the mentality been like 
I was going to say, like Abby said earlier, that she's actually appreciated this this forced break in some ways. And mm-hmm. I, feel, I definitely feel the same. I mean, when you are a working band or artist like like we are and you um it's it's like you're kind of on this hamster wheel of of expectation of just yeah it's like continuing recording yeah writing songs and then you're you know putting out an album and you're promoting it and making music videos like, and doing yeah. the album mm-hmm. cycle and then yeah. you go on tour and then you come back and you have to make a new album and yeah there's no natural break to it. You could just keep going and going because there's this emphasis on, especially, I mean, and so much of that has to do with the, like, just general economic climate of music nowadays yeah. where, you, like, it really is only possible to make money um, through touring and, like, um, licensing opportunities, which are hard to get. Yeah. And... So there's this emphasis on this like sort of capitalist productivity where you just, in order to be worth something, you need to constantly keep producing new content, new art, new music, and it feels never ending. And I think that we've all sort of needed this forest break um, as, I mean, it's, that's, it's, you know, been bittersweet because obviously like we were devastated to lose our tours, especially our first tour to the UK, our first tour yeah. overseas. Like yeah. we sad. Um but one beautiful thing that's come out of that loss is so once that tour was canceled, the bands that we were supposed to do that tour with, Milk Teeth and Koji, we all started getting together um on Zoom every week. And which is the group has now evolved a little bit. It's member p- members of Potty Mouth Koji and Nervous, um, mm. but we're all scattered either around the U.S. or Nervous are over in the U.K. And we've been zooming every week, uh, every Sunday for the past like twenty weeks. And mm. there, it's been so amazing to have this support group of like-minded musicians yeah. who are all being affected by this similarly. And it, it's like, it, it's crazy that we, you know, we're not in the same place. We've never even met some of these people in person, but we still have so much fun just on Zoom that like, yeah. we, you know, we have like genuine friendships now. <laughs> yeah. It's been like an imaginary tour in a lot of ways. Like our Zoom chat is like the equivalent to being in the van together and like you can just imagine what the tour would be like and all the dynamics and yeah i feel so close to all of them and we've never met in person um (laughs) but yeah that's been a very exciting thing and there's actually going to be like more about our collaboration with that group coming out in the next month we're going to be doing some like special stuff with them so that is exciting yeah yeah well, well, with that, what about like in terms of having had the tours canceled, what about has it, how's it been like dealing with or not dealing with connecting with fans? Has it been like entirely through social media or doing a podcast? But like, is it, has we, it changed? We've gone AWOL. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, is that what I mean? Or I guess MIA. Yeah, no, we have just not been posting on social media, really. Like, we post informational stuff on our stories, um, but 
we just uh, like it's not like there's anything to promote right now so it would just feel fake anyway to post pictures and be like look at me i i feel like this so yeah nice to not like feel the pressure to do that so we're just like letting it rest right now and not worrying about it which is like yeah so much healthier i think yeah Um, but that said, we have amazing fans and like the fans who have wanted to stay engaged with us. I mean, I, there are fans that I message with on Instagram all the time. And like, oh, yeah. we have some amazing fans who like, so a few months, I don't know. It's hard to know exactly when it happened because our van has had just been sitting parked on unused in the same spot for like months because we weren't touring. But at mm-hmm. some point during quarantine, the catalytic converter on our van was stolen and Jesus. we posted about it. And like some, we weren't, we didn't even ask, you know, we weren't asking or expecting anyone give us anything, but people started sending us some money and it yeah. was so nice. Wow. And it's just, people have still been buying merch, which has been super helpful. Like that is like the easiest way you can support your favorite bands right now is buy their merch. You know, they can't bring it with them on the road. So like, I know I have all the potty mouth merch at, um, my house. I just sent out some stuff today. I've also been writing people little notes because I feel just extra appreciative of the support during this time. And with uh, also just with everything happening with USPS, like mm-hmm. I don't know, it just mail feels a little bit more important and meaningful. And so, um, yeah any like we also just had we because we bought all this merch to take on tour with us and then the tours were canceled so we have a lot of stuff right now yeah well i think that's so great doing that like those personal messages because that can like especially for a fan that can make their day their year you know and we would be thing without people who listen to our music so oh yeah. yeah even away from music and being uh in covid what have y'all been doing otherwise to say, stay sane? Like, I mean, we do the, the film buds podcast as well. Have there been any movies, TV shows, maybe books? Yeah. A uh, lot of TV. I was never really a big TV person. So having this time to like watch shows that I, you know, haven't watched since like middle school or watch shows that I've never seen before. And uh, my roommate, Devin, um, she's never seen Twin Peaks, so we just started Twin Peaks, um, and I haven't watched that since high school, so that's been a trip to revisit. I was doing some embroidery for a little while, (laughs) like a a hobby that I took up, but yeah, I I still, and I still do it. I'm working on a pair of pants for my friend Natalie. Um, Yeah, yeah, those are just some activities that I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> I have been obsessively researching the history of my house. Interesting. Um, the house that I just moved into was built in 1906. So it's got 114 years worth of uh, history to it. And yeah. um, I, it's just, I'm, I'm just a dork. Like I <laughs> love Me too. learning. And I love being a little armchair and investigator. And <laughs> I got a subscription to this like newspapers.com where you can like basically find, you know, these digitally archived copies of like 
any newspaper you want dating back to like, you know, a hundred plus years ago. So it's been super fascinating. Yeah, dorky. And I That's actually, awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm actually thinking about making a podcast where I talk about it. Yeah, you should. You I should. Think, I think that it would be um, at least interesting for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Hey, if I can help out, just let me know. All right. I mean, yeah, no pressure yeah, there. I'll, I'll, ha- I'll hit you up with some questions. Yeah, please do. What about, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything else within the pandemic, like any, any other thoughts within that? Like, have you, has your, has anything else changed? And if I, I don't mean to repeat uh, answers or anything, but anything else that comes to mind in terms of even just personally, mentally, or have we about covered it? Abby's Abby, you've gone through some changes. Yeah, I don't know if you'd want to talk about that. <laughs> What's that you, supposed to mean? <laughs> you don't have to. Um, yeah, I became a stoner. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, this is the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I Yeah, I was only like a social smoker before this, and now I'm like full on like ripping the bong. So, <laughs> Well, hey, like, go for it. What else? You got some tattoos. Yeah, I got a, a well, I, yeah, oh, I got, one tattoo. I got this tattoo. It's like oh, a sweet. red oh. rose. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I've been, I've been eating the same smoothie every single day for all of quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I, Abby and I have both been lucky enough to be getting unemployment and um so we've had a lot of free time um which has been great and i mean there have been so many like parts to this the last six months so many phases yeah i mean we i was just thinking about how like the first big protest that happened in la after george floyd was murdered um Abby and I went to that together and it was like, so it was late May and it was like the first time either of us had been like out of our houses around that many people since the beginning of the pandemic. And it was was, so surreal. Yeah. It was like over to go from like being shut in and like terrified to cross paths with anyone to all of a sudden being like packed in like a public park with, yeah of people yeah it was it was very but it was really powerful yeah it was it was really powerful and then after that we kind of just have been we've gone to a a bunch of different um protests and actions together trying to stay politically engaged yeah and it's hard not to feel existential oh yeah uh, (laughs) i feel that yeah yeah, but yeah, it's been like, I feel like uh, every time we go to a protest or, you know, it, even like our Zoom group that we've been doing each week is like, we talk about a lot of politics and it's always like energizing and like brings me out of that existential spiral and makes me realize yeah. like, okay, like now I just, I need to like think, you know, closer to home. Like yeah. I need to yeah. stop worrying about the Illuminati and (laughs) nice i like it i I need to stop worrying about how they're just rich people who are like controlling the world oh god yeah Um, yeah and you know work on some local stuff yeah Yeah. no that's 
point. I like felt that I felt grounded in that way yesterday when I went to I went to a Black Lives Matter meeting in Pasadena for um, it was like 12 days ago. Anthony McLean was murdered by Pasadena police. Um, mm. And I don't know, I sort of feel like within obviously there's just so much happening all the time and like, but with, I just feel like within the larger realm of, of what's being talked about right now, I don't think there's been a lot of attention around Anthony McLean's case. And I, and then when I went to the meeting yesterday and saw how like, no, this is like, this is most of the people there were people from the neighborhood. Like this is uh, like, a local issue and like we need to be there as a community putting pressure on our, our the Pasadena Police Department to, to, to uh, there's, there's a lot going on with the investigation but yeah yeah just when you become aware of how um, like yeah how localized things are yeah. I think that that can that's that's a good place to put your energy yeah yeah I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, it's been the kind of the same thing here. Like it, it and it, it sounds, you know, almost cheesy to say, but like, you know, if, if the, the mass is not going to take action, not much is going to get done. It's just going to, you know, repeat itself consistently. Yeah. And so I think that's great that y'all are doing that on your side as well, because there's kind of similar things happening in North Carolina and, and it's, we have yeah. those same groups of people coming together who may not have otherwise. Yeah, and you don't know what difference it'll make, like, your presence being there. Exactly. You're showing up, and, you know, you, there if there is a possibility of you needing to, you know, intervene or just be present, like... Be a shield. Yeah, be a shield, um, you know. Especially that, as white people. Yeah. Yeah, at least you're, like, there, and, you know, you're putting your privilege to work. Right. Yeah. Not at all a good segue here. I think that's amazing that y'all are doing that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm never good with transitions. I apologize. Talking more about potty mouth, like even with like, a, like so music videos, y'all have done some really awesome music videos and they feel very unique. Uh, is it, does it feel weird doing them? Like does it weird, feel weird being on camera or helping get them together or is it natural? I guess it depends on like the director and the crew. We've done most of our music videos we've done with friends Hmm. uh, or we've like become friends with the directors through the process of it. Other sometimes uh, yeah, that's it. how it goes. <laughs> but let me let me ask you, what's what's your favorite potty mouth music video? Yeah. Oh, I like I like twenty two a lot. Nah. <laughs> no, that's okay. it's fun. It's a fun one. Yeah. Um, the yeah. starry eyes is great as well. Oh, so cute! Yes, that was so. My cats fun. are in that. My boy. I know. I yeah. I remember seeing that. I remember having heard your music, having not seen any of the music videos and like seeing videos like 22 starry eyes and others. I was like, this is where I need to be. Like, this is, <laughs> these people know. Um, so, but, sometimes I'm self-conscious about our music videos. 
I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's just fucking music videos are always yeah. just random. Um, I, one fun fact about 22 music video is Carmel, the snake, that snake that I'm holding in it. She oh, yeah. was, was pregnant at the time. No one knew yeah. she was pregnant. Like her owners who came up from San Diego to let us borrow her, like they didn't know she was pregnant. And then like afterwards she like laid her hatch or what, are, what do they call them? The, uh, whatever she, she hatched, she, she hatched her eggs, her eggs yeah. and, <laughs> and they named one of the babies Allie after me. Oh, cute. Because <laughs> I handled her while she was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Allie's I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and that was my first time handling a snake, too. I don't think I've ever done that. Is it? it was, how was it? It was like, once I realized it wasn't scary, it was kind of like soothing because she would just like slither wherever she wanted and like, it was just like they're very cool. slow yeah it's almost like a weird little massage <laughs> <laughs> yeah true well well besides well besides snakes are y'all animal people oh yeah oh yeah big time yeah. uh i have an axolotl <laughs> abby's oh. first pet, or first pet as an independent adult yeah my first pet out in california um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my roommate Jade, it was originally hers, um, but then she didn't want it any, or she she still loves her, but uh, yeah. she took care of it because you have to, like, cut up worms to feed to them. Oh. <laughs> that, like, upset Jade too much, so... <laughs> So she was like, do you want this? And I was like, uh, yes, definitely. I've always wanted one of these since I was a small child. Of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now I have an axolotl in my room. Her name is Shippo. The other day, I, I bought some fish to go in the tank with her. She eats, like, anything that's in the tank. Mm. Um, but I bought some little, like, guppies and algae eaters and one of the algae eater fish, she she tried to eat it, and it like went into her mouth at a weird angle and started like coming out through her gill on the side. And she, yeah, she was like trying to get it out, and it looked so uncomfortable. And so oh I having to do like little axolotl surgery by like I I like fed her a big piece of worm so that. <laughs> filled up her mouth and started pushing the fish through her gill. And then I used these really long tweezers to pull it out through the side of her gill. Ah. So yeah, I'm a classified surgeon now. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. I would trust you. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's unexpected, but that's amazing. You know, I, I never, so I, I, yeah. I just, I have, I have one dog who's, she's starting to get older. And so she's, she's very, Mostly just sleeps, but then uh, uh, she, we actually are not sure. We've had her since she was like a puppy, but she's like, like, I guess I can't do a little yay high thing, but like, she's like medium sized and I can send you all a picture or if I, I don't have one around, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, she's, I guess she's about 13 now, but, oh, okay. but yeah, but still going strong. So that's, that's yeah. the way to go. Yeah, Allie's two cats are somewhere around here. One is under the couch, oh. um, the black one. The orange one's downstairs. But yeah, I have two cats. I've had the, have, 
I've had them since they were newborns. Um, they moved with me from Massachusetts to oh. here he is to LA. Here he is. His <laughs> name's Kaida Ann Schaefer. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. I see the tail. Oh, there we go. Oh, so cute. My so cute. little black cat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not that not that they weren't before, but within the pandemic, like if I didn't have my dog, I would have gone insane. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, well, now my pets are just used to me being around all the time. Mm-hmm. So they're even more attached to me. It's so cute. Like we go to bed and wake up at the same time. Like it's amazing. <laughs> I feel like I just live with my own little family. Like, oh. and like, mm-hmm. Now, like the room I live in is bigger and like I have all their stuff in here, like their litter and their food. So it's sort of just like our own space. And yeah, I just love it. Like they know when it's time to go to bed. They know when it's time to wake up. (laughs) Yeah. No, I feel that. My roommate Devin has a little dog named Milkshake. And I definitely would be going insane if Milkshake wasn't around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, No, I don't want to keep you all too long. Anything else that I maybe I haven't asked that y'all something maybe about potty mouth that you'd like to be known or just general converse, conversation because I enjoy talking to you. But uh, we're the funnest band to go on tour with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the rumors are true. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about okay? Well, with touring, any 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 best of moments within that? Hmm. <laughs> Of all 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I don't know. Like opening for the Go-Go's was amazing. Um, yeah. Oh, I bet. Oh, definitely last summer we played three different girls rock camps while we were on tour. Ooh, that's awesome. Like it so beautiful because they were like ecstatic to watch us play. Like anytime we did any kind of like hair flip or like <laughs> Oof, they would scream, scream, and it was yeah. like the best feeling ever. It, it just, uh, yeah, that like uh, made me so happy. Yeah, <laughs> no, those, those were like the best shows we've ever played. Were for the girls' rock camps. Like, <laughs> I bet. yeah, never felt more like a rock star as yeah. we did when we played for them. Yeah, yeah, I can't like that's that's something like I, I think that could just speak so much to people that age and it could just give such inspiration and connection. So I think that's so awesome. Y'all were able to do that. Yeah. We definitely should be playing all ages shows from now on. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck bars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Actually we're, we're after this, we're going to be uh, helping out Colleen green. She's doing a live stream on our porch and we we are going to be singing backup vocals yeah, on one of our songs. Ooh, that's awesome! That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I I wish I had more coming to mind. Um, I I guess is there yeah, is there anything else? I know I already asked this, but is there anything else y'all want to mention? Anything? Uh, we're still a band. We're still uh, a band. Thank we're God. Still, we're still gonna do that tour with Eve Six. Yeah. Um, Playing Ant Farm. Yeah. It's just a matter of when the hell that can happen. But, yeah. 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 We're still a band. I. We're still like, you know, 
yeah, planning to tour and release more music. And we actually did record some songs like right before uh, COVID started. So yeah, we actually do have some new stuff. We have new stuff that's coming out. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're just we're we're playing it cool right now. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> that's that's the way to be right now. Yeah, we okay. haven't even interviewed like this in a while. Yeah. So consider yourself lucky. I do. So I'm so thankful. So thankful. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, (laughs) Well, okay, y'all. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess that, that about does it. Uh, I would love to keep talking, but you know, y'all got, y'all got stuff to do. Ellie's phone is about to die. My phone is at five. Yeah. Perfect. Then perfect timing. As I said before, y'all, you are the best. Thank you so much. No, you're Um, the best. Thank you. Thank you. Always do a follow up for the film buds. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Tell Victoria she's great. She's an amazing drummer. I love her. And yeah, it's y'all. Your music has done so much for me, and I just want to say thank you personally. I really. really yeah. I, I. It's. It's just helped me through the good times, and it's made happier times happier. So I appreciate the wow. music that you do. Um, wow. Awesome. Thank you. Of course. That's what we aspire to do. Our music is supposed to be really like fun and, you know, like, yeah, just like silly. Yeah. And, well, hey, and, and like emotional. Of course. Well, mission accomplished there. Okay. Well, great. I think that about does it to everybody listening. I, ho- I really hope you liked it and please, you know, subscribe and rate all that good stuff. Hopefully Chloe will be back sometime soon. Uh, if you, if, can I just plug our merch store? Please. No, please do. Yeah. Pottymouth.bigcartel.com. <laughs> okay. And I can, I can put that in the show notes and on the website. So oh, awesome. I, a little extra. Well, thank you. Of course. Buy something. I will write you a note. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to more than <laughs> I have more than I have already. Already? <laughs> yeah, I, I have. Well, I have one of the tie dye tees. Do you have as a well. pillowcase? I don't have a pillowcase. I think that's next on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll pick out a good one for you. Please do. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, yeah. As always, we hope everybody enjoyed it as much as we did. I hope. And interview. Awesome. And um, I guess we will see y'all next time. For the film buds. Yes, <laughs> please. Yeah. Happy